This is TNN. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the news. Uh, before we start, I did want to apologize for the delay. Uh, this prior week, uh, we did not think we had enough news to do a full-length episode, so we decided that we would group last week and this week into one episode. Uh, as you know, I'm Owen Meyer. And I'm Lucas. And our first story of the last two weeks uh, today is Xbox finally announced the price and release date for their newest consoles. Um, We got a look at the new Xbox Series S, their sort of light version console, um, and a better look at the Series X, which we knew was coming already. Uh, Pre-orders were announced for sometime in October of this year, and the release date is in November uh, so, you know, it'll be out in plenty of time before Christmas, um, before the holidays, so that hopefully, well, uh, hopefully from Microsoft's point of view, uh, plenty of kids will be out, you know, playing on, on the new Xboxes in the new year. Uh, the Xbox Series S will cost $299. It'll be an all-digital console, so no disk drive. Um, but it will also, you know, still play in uh, 4K resolution, um, you know, all the, all the goodies that come with uh, next-gen consoles. Um, the Xbox Series X will be $599, and you'll get uh, even more. You know, you can play, I think, in something like 8K resolution, um, which kind of confuses me. I don't even, I don't, I don't know. What does 8K look like? Is that better than I can see? Probably. Um, but the Series X is just sort of, you know, a fancier version, more powerful. Um, you know, you're going to get slightly better frame rates um you know it's just slightly more powerful in pretty much every way um but the series s is still a great option Uh, i think for a lot of people it's going to be the option that they go with especially as it's cheaper um i think for like casual gamers it's going to be a lot easier to just pick up you know a lot easier to stomach the 300 price tag versus 600 one um so you know there's that um still waiting um on playstation uh, the big rivals to announce their price points. Um, we're assuming it'll be somewhere around the same as the Series X, um, probably around that $600 mark, um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, their PS5 was announced a little while ago and still has not yet announced uh, pre-orders, price, any, anything like that. Um, so we're starting to see this this next gen of consoles sort of gear up for um, you know the, the so-called console wars. Um, but yeah, we got, we got a good look at the series S and the series X, which is exciting. Um, it's always good to see, you know, the specs, the, the details, um, on what a company promises. Um, and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how well these sell. Um, like I said, I think Microsoft is going to see some, some good points from the series S. Um, I think that's probably going to be a decent contender. Um, but we'll see, you know, a lot of people are still going to go for the Series X, especially people who uh, play games that are a lot more demanding on their consoles. So we'll just, we'll have to see um, kind of what we're, what we're looking at here. Um, but it'll be interesting, I think, to look forward to, say, November and December when these consoles come out and see what the comparison is, um, and see what everybody thinks. Yeah, um, just a couple follow-up points. One... The switch to having an all-digital edition of a console may seem like a bit of an odd choice, um, but we've seen recently that a lot of games are 
Like you had your normal like pre-order editions of games, things like you could get your normal edition, you could get your uh, deluxe edition, or you can get like usually there's some sort of like hundred and fifty to two hundred dollar edition that comes with collectibles, and all these are disc versions. Recently, games um, have begun doing this digital deluxe edition formula, which is a usually I like to think like it's a ten to twenty dollar price bump over a base game, so like seventy eighty bucks with some exclusives that you only get for ordering the game digitally and generally some sort of pre-order, like pre-play access that's only available through digital games. So we've already seen companies starting to shift towards this, like taking advantage of releasing their games digitally before the disc is available. And so that is like sort of a thing that like makes me not worried or like as irritated about an all digital console as I think some people might be. Um, and also earlier this morning, they um, PlayStation actually jumped out the gate and said that on the 16th will be their PS5 announcement stream where they will be announcing all the specs and most likely price point, release date, and exclusives that will come with the PlayStation 5. So shortly following this announcement from Xbox, PlayStation responds in kind. Uh, switching from the world of gaming into the world of film, we have talked a lot about the musical Pro Shot and the musical in the past. Um, one of the biggest hit musicals of recent memory, 2018's Dear Evan Hansen, has a film version coming. A uh, couple of actresses, Julianne Moore and Amy Adams, have been announced to be in the film version, as well as uh, Tony Winner and original cast star Ben Platt has been announced to reprise his role as Evan Hansen. This is a very, very, very popular musical. It's a mega musical, very well-known music behind it, won a ton of Tonys, got a ton more nominations. It's sort of riding off of that wave of momentum that we've seen from the success of the Hamilton Pro Shot being released. And this is not a Pro Shot. This is going to be a film more in the veins of something like the Chicago movie or... Uh, like in the heights which will be coming out next year so i'm excited for this i was lucky enough to see dear evan hansen on stage in new york city last year um so i am generally pretty excited for this i'm just waiting for more cast announcements and some like hinting at how they're going to manage the production with everything that's going on right now yeah i think um you know, I think one of the things that can proceed in the film industry right now is casting. Um, Cause you know, you don't all have to be in the same place to do that. Um, so it's good to see, you know, things like this that, uh, you know, are very low risk, um, that, but still allow the, the industry to keep moving. Um, and obviously I'm excited for, for a Dear and Hanson movie. Um, I don't know if they've announced a release date yet for this movie, but I would assume it's probably late 2021, if not 2022. Um, but yeah, Julianne Moore and Amy Adams joining the film as the two um, mothers of the show, um, both kind of playing similar roles, um, but in different families. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know at the moment which is which, um, but both will be in the movie. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, Amy Adams has a lot of uh, musical credits under her, under her belt. Um, not only is she an amazing actress, but she's also a great singer. Um, and she has a lot of experience in musicals um, and some in, in movie musicals too. Um, she was in the, the Muppets movie uh, that came out a few years back. Um, but yeah, she's got 
she's got the talent. She's got the, both of them have the talent and the, the experience to, to pull this off. So I'm looking forward to it. Next, in terms of movies, um, we just got the announcement earlier today uh, that Netflix would be creating a trilogy of movies based on the Kane Chronicles series by Rick Riordan. Um, this comes a few months after his initial announcement, uh, Rick Riordan's initial announcement, excuse me, that Disney Plus would be taking on his best-selling series, uh, the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series, um, and turning that into a TV show. Um, so different, uh, both written by him, uh, different series. Um, it, within this universe of the books, um, they do take place in the same universe. Obviously, that won't be the case, or I guess not obviously, but we're assuming that won't be the case, uh, seeing as Disney has the rights to Percy Jackson, and now apparently Netflix has the rights to the King Chronicles, so I doubt there will be any crossover um, on the, you know, the cinematic side, the live-action side. Um, Kane Chronicles did not have as big of a reception as the Percy Jackson series. Um, you know, it was still, uh, you know, a bestseller, um, but definitely did not garner the same readership um, that Percy Jackson did. So I'm not surprised that Disney was willing to, like, let go of the Kane Chronicles um, and, you know, keep Percy Jackson for themselves. I also think it's interesting that we get um, two different forms. I think um, it sort of works well, honestly, with the with the way the books are formatted, that Percy Jackson would be a TV show, whereas the Kane Chronicles would be movies. Um, the Kane Chronicles books tend to span less time, um, whereas the Percy Jackson books are sort of about, like, quests across the country. Um, the Kane Chronicles are a lot more centralized. They usually take place within a few days, um, with the exception of, you know, the, the starts and ends of the of the things, the books. So I think it, it makes sense for these to be movies. Um, and obviously it's a way much smaller of a commitment uh, for Netflix to turn them into movies. And um, Netflix obviously, you know, has a lot of their own original things, um, a great track record. Um, but it'll be interesting to see kind of the tone they take with this. Um, I'm hoping it's not too like kid -y. Um, I think there's definitely the danger that you go a little bit too young um, and alienate a lot of people that read these books as kids um, who are now, you know, young adults and um, teenagers. And so I think hopefully they're able to keep the heart and the tone of the books while giving us something new to watch. Yeah, um, for those who didn't know, Disney already had ownership over the Percy Jackson stories. They had made two films, um, neither of which were great and neither of which were commercial successes uh, in the eyes of most. And we know that because both of these films were available on Disney Plus when the platform launched. But we did not know until recently that Disney was attempting to redo uh, Percy Jackson in a shorter form, like television context as opposed to films. Uh, I'm a little worried for Kane Chronicles because Netflix, as great as their TV repertoire is and like their original television shows, has a bit of a sketchy history with uh, films that they have made. Like their television shows, specifically like The Crown and Stranger Things, have gotten incredible critical reception. But you think of original films on Netflix, you have Bright, you have like all of their teen rom-coms and stuff that they release. None of them are particularly like 
standouts or like high quality. So like, I assume that Netflix will be putting a good amount of production budget behind this. Um, Riordan and his works still have that name of brand appeal. And the Kane Chronicles is a very like intriguing story. We saw like, we don't see that much based off of the Egyptian mythos that is used for Kane Chronicles. So I'm hopeful, but also a little fearful. Uh, same thing, <laughs> I guess, can be said for uh, Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus has its one standout series, which luckily for us is an action series in The Mandalorian that falls into the same vein as Percy Jackson could end up being. I think the biggest thing going forward for me with looking forward on these projects is hoping that I get to see some casting announcements because once I know who's going to be playing these characters, I will know how faithfully the um, Netflix and Disney are trying to treat these properties. Yeah, I also think um, it's important to just realize that, um, you know, Rick Riordan has been very clear that his he will be personally involved in writing uh, the scripts and working on the story and casting for the Percy Jackson show. Um, Obviously the Kane Chronicles announcement just came earlier today. um, So we don't have a lot of details on it, but it'll be interesting to look forward into the future and see if he shows that same amount of enthusiasm and um, connection to the Kane Chronicles stories. Um, Because I think one of the people, one of the things that's giving a lot of fans hope for the, for the Disney plus series is that Rick Riordan and his wife will be personally involved in the creation of the show, and they will be personally involved with the casting. Um, he is one of the main writers of scripts, so you know there's a lot there's a lot of uh, faith that that Rick Riordan will adapt his own work well. Um, but at the same time, we don't know that yet about the King Chronicles, so it's it's a thing to keep in mind. Um, and, you know, hopefully our fears are all gone by the time this movie comes out. Hopefully he has the same amount of creative uh, control as the Disney Plus series. But also I do understand that that would be a lot to put on one person. So I don't know. I think it, we'll see sort of how closely he's connected to this show and whether he has the same level of, of interest in it as he does in the Percy Jackson show. Um, so moving on to our next story, uh, this is actually a series of three associated stories. We had mentioned at the end of our DC fandom episode that we would be making a second DC fandom episode to cover the television happenings from the second half of DC fandom. But, uh, unfortunately when that happened, there really just wasn't that much to talk about. So we kind of, uh, picked out what we think are three of the more significant announcements from the DC Fandom Extended or Fandom 2, whatever you want to call it. Um, And we plopped them into today's episode. So uh, the first of these is that Doom Patrol has been renewed for a third season. Um, I have just recently started watching the first season of Doom Patrol and have been shocked by how good it is. So it doesn't surprise me that it's still going. Um, I understand it was a show that, as popular as it was, or as well-received as it was, was always in limbo, just because it's not exactly the most well-known property. Am I correct in this? Yeah, we, um, with uh, the kind of move to to HBO Max that they had with season two, there was sort of a hope that they would get a little bit better reception, um, but I think it's still sort of one of those things that's 
sort of under the radar, sort of an underrated um, hit. And so we don't, we don't have all the, the push behind it like we do with network TV. The next thing to come out of uh, Fandom is the fourth season of Young Justice has been given a name. Uh, it's going to be referred to as Young Justice Phantoms. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen any of the first three seasons, so I don't know if they typically name their seasons. But to me, it just uh, gave me a little chuckle in my head naming individual seasons. I say as a fan of Avatar: The Last Airbender, in which every single season has given its own name, but um. I believe you have a little more information on this as well. Yeah. Um, the, every season since season one has had a name. Um, so it's, you know, it's part of the show's tradition. Um, season two was Invasion. Season three was Outsiders. And now season four is Phantoms. Um, it's sort of, for fans of the show, it's great that they're renewed for a season four. They were sort of in limbo for a really long time between season two and three. Um, it was sort of assumed after season two ended that it wouldn't be picked up again. Um, but it was picked up for a season three at DC Universe. I'm not entirely sure if where this season four is going to be airing. I don't know if it's also on DC Universe or if it's moving to HBO Max like it seems most of DC Universe's shows are going. Um, but it, you know, it's it's a it's a fourth season in a very big, very popular animated show. Um, it's it's you know it's got great reviews. Um, so it's not surprising in any way that it got renewed for a season four. Um, but it is it is interesting to see the 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 season four title. And of course, um, you know, for people who watched the show, I'm sure Phantoms will mean something. Um, but you know, it, for me, uh, I watched season one of Young Justice, I think. I might have made it into season two. Um, I thought it was good. Um, I, I get why there's a big fan base for it. And I'm, I mean, looking forward to more content, more DC content, especially more animated content, um, because it seems like a lot of times animation is sort of thrown out, um, kind of looked down on. Um, so it's good to see DC taking their animation products seriously. Um, I did just look it up and all of DC Universe's originals are moving to HBO Max. So this season four will be, premiering airing on HBO Max solely. Our last kind of newsworthy event from the second part of DC fandom is uh, in relation to the Arrowverse shows. Um, we got a bunch of different panels, one for each show basically. And we heard that Superman uh, in his new show, Superman and Lois that will be premiering uh, at the beginning of 2021 will receive a new suit. Uh, for that first season. Um, he's sort of kept the same suit over the last few seasons of Supergirl, where he's appeared uh, sort of his guest appearance every once in a while and in the main crossovers. Um, but he will be receiving his own sort of striking new suit um, for his own show. And Batwoman will also receive a new suit. Uh, we talked a little bit before about how Batwoman ended up having to switch actresses, um, switch leads, basically, uh, Ruby Rose left the show uh, after season one. Javicia Leslie will be taking over the role. Um, and so with that uh, sort of change in actresses is also going to be a change in costumes, um, which makes sense. Obviously uh, the same costume isn't going to fit for a different character. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what the differences are between the two um, and how they make this Batwoman separate from the first Batwoman while also carrying on 
the narrative of the show that was set up in season one. And then last but not least, um, during the Flash panel, it was revealed, uh, fans have been clamoring for a long time. Um, there's the comic accurate, the emblematic golden boots of the Flash have never appeared on the show yet. Um, but the showrunner did say they will be coming. The golden boots will arrive on the Flash uh, at some point. Um, but apparently the Flash has to, quote, earn them, whatever that means. Um, so we'll see um, whether that's, you know, at some point in season seven that will be coming out next year, or if that's in, you know, down the road for for the Flash. Um, we'll see what it looks like. Um, I think a lot of fans are excited, um, if not just a little disappointed that it hasn't already happened. So. Uh, some other fairly important news uh, that we're just going to give a little bit of discussion to our little middle hitters for the day. Um, the Batman shut down production. Uh, Robert Pattinson test positive for COVID-19. Uh, take this as a lesson, Hollywood. Um, just because your cast is working on your film and mostly only exposed to those people does not mean that they are COVID-proof. Proof. So... Um, we also got the first trailer for Dennis Villanueva's version of Dune based on the 1965 science fiction novel by Frank Herbert. Uh, Dune, one of the most well-known and like most well-received works of science fiction of all time. I, I seem to remember that there have been multiple times when a film adaptation has been announced. We got one in the 80s, um, but now we are getting a new one set to drop sometime in the next two years. I'm very excited, but first I have to finish the book. So I'm not going to talk any more about that. Um, and our final medium hitter, we talked last week about the releases of Christopher Nolan's Tenet in theaters and uh, Disney's live action Mulan to Disney+. Plus. Um, I don't know. This is the first time a film was released in theaters since COVID. So $20.2 million opening weekend for uh, Tenet which in my mind is fairly impressive for a um, climate in which like going to the theater is a faux pas. As we said, neither of us are going to a theater to see it. Um, and especially since the only major draw of Tenet is the fact that it's a Christopher Nolan project. So it's like, you have to beg the question, like if this film is able to make $20.2 million on its opening weekend without a ton of attention, what would have happened if something like uh, Black Widow dropped? Like, what would the numbers look like for that? It just shows that you can still make money. We don't have a benchmark, really. I guess this is going to start being treated as more films get, come in theaters as like, did it beat the tenant mark? Is it doing well? Um, but and then Mulan is number one on Disney Plus right now. Uh, we don't really know what to make of that. We don't have numbers from Disney Plus on what that means or how much Mulan made. As we meant, um, I don't know if we mentioned this, but it's getting middling critical reception. Um, but definitely, I think it's hitting the demographics that a live action version of Mulan would intend to hit. Yeah, I think. Um... From what we've heard, Mulan, you know, we can't exactly calculate. Uh, Disney hasn't put out the numbers exactly. Um, but from what we've heard, it's somewhere around that same 20 million, 25 million mark. Um, so it's definitely doing well. Um, 
it's just about whether or not it's well enough um, that Disney uh, is willing to then put other movies on Disney Plus in the same you know premium service tier. Um, I think both of these movies are doing well for what they needed to do. Um, I don't think anyone was expecting you know box office shattering numbers um, at the moment. So I think Tenet with twenty million is fine. Milan also with you know whatever somewhere around twenty million we're not sure is also fine. N- neither of these were fantastic showings. Um, neither of them were terrible showings, and I think that's probably what the studios expected. I think they needed to know going in that they weren't going to make a whole ton of money. Um, I have heard that. Well, uh, yeah. So Wonder Woman eighty four um, was delayed uh, until December twenty fifth, um, and it seems like. Um, Dune, which we talked about just a minute ago, might also be delayed until 2021. And it does seem like this is a strategy on the part of Warner Brothers to push their movies out so that Tenet can stay in theaters longer. Um, Because I think their thinking is the longer it's in theaters, the better things will get and the more people will be willing to go out and see the movie. Um, So this does seem like maybe Tenet will have a longer than usual theater window, um, which might make it a little bit more money in, in the long run. But um, we'll just have to see sort of what the numbers end up looking like. Um, and really what's more important, what the studios and the theaters decide when it comes to their upcoming releases. Um, you know, movies are still being delayed. Um, but at the same time, you know, some movies have to come out at some point. So do you push them to streaming services like Disney seems like they're willing to do? Or do you force them out in the theaters like Warner Brothers with Tenet? Yeah, um, for reference, the budget for Tenet was $200 million. as the highest of a Christopher Nolan production to date, uh, beating out Inception, $165 million. So um, making $20 mil in the first weekend, that's a tenth of the uh, production budget. So I guess that's a pretty decent benchmark to start out with for a film. Uh, you'd think... WB just wants to at very least make back their money on this project and they're probably banking on at some point more states open up theaters and maybe restrictions get lighter and all of a sudden they're making money it's real so like I heard it described best on a Twitch stream the other day where you really have to decide do you want to like air quotes end the world by pushing your movies into theaters and making people go and see them or do you want to screw your business by holding back on the release of your films? And as we've seen, the biggest finished project that has like been gaining momentum due to constant releases of trailers for WB was Tenet. So it got dropped in theaters and we got the starting point. All right. So we have our quick hits for the last two weeks. Um, we've got a few different things to go through. First off, uh, the Avengers game, which we talked about quite a lot in the last few episodes, uh, was finally released um, on September 1st for uh, early access and then September 4th um, for the rest of uh, the world. And with that release came their third war table of the, of the game. Uh, and we saw Kate Bishop announced as the first DLC hero alongside Hawkeye. We knew Hawkeye was coming. Now we know a little bit more of the story. Um, but basically, we'll be getting those two characters within a few weeks of each other in, it seems like, uh, mid-October uh, to early November, somewhere in that window. 
Um, we also got the first four episodes of The Boys, another thing that we talked a lot about. Uh, the Boys season two, uh, the first three episodes dropped all at once. And then they will be releasing weekly after that. So we've got the first four episodes. You can already go and watch on Amazon Prime right now. Um, also at Amazon, we saw a an announcement that there will be a Silk live action series uh, that's in development right now. Um, Silk is a Spider-Man character. Um, so Sony owns the rights to it. Um, sort of weird that Sony is now giving the rights to one of their characters to Amazon to create a series. Um, no one really knows what Sony's doing with their Spider-Man rights. I don't think Sony knows what's doing what it's doing with their Spider-Man characters. Um, so we'll see kind of where this thing goes. I honestly would not be surprised with the state of everything that's going on right now um, if this series just goes nowhere. Um, it seems like a lot of these Spider-Man properties sort of come and go without any explanation or they sort of leave into this abyss of not knowing anything about them. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Silk falls into that thing. Um, we got a few new trailers for the last over the last few weeks. Um, we saw a teaser trailer for the upcoming show Superman and Lois. Uh, it was mostly old footage from things like the crossovers and Supergirl with uh, a few new lines of audio over them. Um, but, you know, it's, it showed that the CW is really intent on pushing this show um, and, you know, production will still go forward. Uh, we also saw a new trailer for Daniel Craig's last Bond movie, uh, No Time to Die, uh, with uh, Ana de Armas and Rami Malek uh, filling out the, the lead cast. Um, this, like I said, will be Daniel Craig's last Bond movie. Um, uh, possibly handing over the reins. Um, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see uh, for how the movie ends, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's supposed to be coming out in theaters. Uh, like we've said, we'll see where that goes. And last but not least, we saw the announcement that The Mandalorian Season 2 will be coming this October, October 30th. The first episode will drop. Um, we got a few new uh, pictures. We got a new uh, cover, you know, title art um, of The Mandalorian and the child together. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. We'll get new Star Wars content on October 30th, and we will talk to you about it here. All righty. That is all we have for uh, this week. Um, just to let you know, we will be attempting to get back to our normal release schedule, uh, the world being interesting enough for us to talk about permitting. Um, other than that, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you next week. Adios. And that is it for today's episode, ladies and gentlemen. One more big announcement. We do have our own Instagram now. I know, hooray, it's at TNN underscore podcast. Uh, on there, you will see announcements about our schedule of releases for the week. And it also gives you, the viewers, the opportunity to post suggestions for topics for the weekly news roundups or movies and television shows and games you want us to talk about uh, by DMing us or responding to our posts. So go ahead and follow us there if you're interested. Uh, other than that, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you soon.